Hello, Cass. Welcome to the Branson Center Studio 17. I'm so, so, so excited to talk to you. Just in the few minutes that we spent together before we went live, I've already been inspired, I've been challenged, I've had a good laugh, and so I'm hoping that's what we're going to do whilst we have this conversation today. So, hello. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Cass, obviously, you have a story. Tell us a little bit more about who you are, and then we'll go into why we're having this conversation in relation to the work we're doing in the Ocean Innovation Challenge. Okay, um, my name is Gas Collier. Um, I'm a professional surfer, surfing coach. Um, I've been surfing all my life and been in the ocean all my life. Um, I won the Big Wave World Championships in 1999 in Todos Santos, Mexico. And I'm a triple Western province uh, surfing champion. Um, so yeah, I've, my journey of life has really been in the ocean and um, I'm currently coaching from Musenberg Beach where I've been coaching since uh, 1999. Um, and yeah, you know, I've just seen the face of surfing in South Africa since that time till now. I'm still competing. I just returned um, from the SHMs in Durban about a month ago. And yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's that's who I am. I mean, Cassie, you're very casual about being a world champion, triple SA champ, master surfer, all of that. So I'll leave it at that. But I mean, that is an incredible journey in terms of who you are as a surfer. Who are you or do you even exist outside of surfing or is this exactly who you are all the time? No, obviously, um, I've got a beautiful family and my wife, Kelly, um, she's a teacher at the Waldorf School. So, yeah, I have my family, my four kids, um, and my granddaughter. Um, she, she just turned two on Sunday. So, yeah. The that's terrific all, twos, not the terrible yeah, twos. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> terrific two for sure. So, it's also, it's beautiful because um, I think there's, a, there's so much in life. Mm. You know, surfing is just one aspect of my life, you know, um, in the ocean. Um, but, yeah, it's, there's so much to live for, I think, in, in this time. Um, I have my family and I have my my culture as a Rasta person and, and that, that I'm learning about and experiencing things and then also the people that I've met on the journey, you know. The, the, I think for me, this journey that I'm on, it's very beautiful. Uh, it allows you to travel a bit and, uh, you know, like I said, I was in Durban. I traveled a bit to Durban and it's just nice to meet all and see all those people that you know and to see them again, it rejuvenates you, you know, so... Um, yeah, I'm also learning about myself. Mm. I'm, I'm going to be 51 years old in, in November. Um, and yeah, I'm, on, I'm, I'm still on the journey. You know, I think, um, you know, I have a philosophy, health is wealth. You mm. know? And in order to be healthy, it's quite an effort and it's a discipline. It's not like you can't just be healthy, yeah. you know. So having a sport and having something like surfing and having the ocean also, as the as kind of like the arena to to do it um it's really for me i think you know that's that's my greatest blessing in life as a surfer also i think that's why most surfers don't realize that it's the love of the ocean mm. more than the actual riding of the waves right. you know so yeah like i'm still discovering myself and i'm just glad to like have my children and have my granddaughter and hopefully grandkids around me and been able to grow with them and also introduce them to the ocean. Yeah. My son's an avid competitor now. Does um, he compete yeah. against you? 
Um, not really against <laughs> me, um, but I, we probably will compete in the future. Um, but yeah, I think also like having your family with you in sport and if you're competing, it kind of takes the, you know, it, it, it humbles you a lot, man, you know. So I think the day when I do compete with him, then I think he's going to have to be, he'll beat me probably. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So when did your love affair with the ocean begin, um, whether it was your relationship through surfing or being in proximity to the ocean, but when can you can you dial back and say, this is when this whole relationship started? Yeah, my dad is um, Ahmed Collier. He's, uh, he's very dark-skinned, you know, so um, he was the kind of like the first surfer to go out into the whites-only beaches that had those signs up. Um, and go surf there, not because of the signs, but just because the best waves. Mm. As a surfer, you just wanted to surf the best waves, you know. So I've, when he went to go and do that, it created like uh, chaos in the surfing world. But he's the first one to break down those kind of barriers and um, to show us, his kids, how beautiful like the Cape coastline is mm. and how many beautiful magical beaches we have. And you just need like one day in like uh, Cape Point Nature Reserve at the beaches there to realize how beautiful it is because you've got all these wild animals walking around and uh, the waves are the quality of wave is so good and the quality of environment and air is so mm. it's so good, you know. So he kind of, uh, as kids, like I can remember, I couldn't even walk yet, but I remember the beaches, you know, the white sand mm. and... And then, and then the waves, the quality of the waves. So I grew up on the ocean um, around Scarborough and around Comakin, where I took um, Camps Bay beaches, Glen Beach, um, Glendadno beaches, uh, Sandy Bay. And like um, I was surfing those waves. So I was very young and I was surfing the waves and I... And I mean, um, this is at a time where people who look like you and me probably wouldn't have been allowed on those yeah, beaches. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is in the height. Not, not in the height, but this is like in apartheid days. So it created a lot of um, kind of controversy. And But my dad and my, my older brother were always there to protect me and to, you know, to, to, to keep me safe. So I think the love of the ocean, obviously, it came from my father and my mother because that was their place to go to. Mm. And it wasn't, they didn't go to Blue Waters or to, 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 to Stramfontein or to Manua BC Beach where we were supposed to go because that was the only beach we were allowed to go to. We, they went to, to Komaki and to Nuatuk and to these beaches and we went to surf those waves. And it, it was off. There was a lot of resistance, you mm. know, with surfers, people within the communities. And, um, you know, when I, obviously when you, when you talk about that and when you think about those things like in the back of your mind, this is always negative, but there's, there's a positive side to it also. It, it made a stronger person mm. in me, you know what I mean? And um, now when I talk to my kids about it and that they can't seem to fathom yes. that kind of situation, you know, which is great because it means that it's, it's dead, it's buried, and it's, it needs to also be forgotten. But in order for it to be forgotten, we need to know um, all communities, all kinds of people, because we're all the same. We need to know that it's equal. It's, there's, mm. a, there's, a equal there's an equality yeah. to our participation in, any, in anything we do. 
Yeah. And like for our kids also, you know, um, my 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 daughter's finishing a matric at Zikuflay High, and it's the same school that um, the gentleman was talking about where he did his matric. But I'm sure if he went back to the school now and and now it is now, it's very little change in the school. And um, I don't know if you can recall, but next to the school there was there's like a dump, you know, right next to the school. And um, that dump's still there, and it's probably years and years that's gone, you know. So other kind of um, communities won't allow that to happen, mm. you know. So um, for me, being involved in sport and trying to create an equilibrium within, within the sport and the, and the transformation aspect, it's difficult to attend to it because there's other social issues that's there yeah. that's, that, that people don't see. Yeah. You know, and that the athlete that's in that environment, it takes so much for him to to be able to excel on, exactly. on the day that he needs to mm. excel. He might not even make it there on time, you know. And and I often see it because, I mean, I can relate to also competing maybe on the way the tire bursts and mm. you, you, you're, late for the, you're late for the contest. It's happened to me. It's normal. But sometimes the, the, there's abnormal circumstances. Yes. It allows our athletes not even to attend the the meet. Can't even show up. You know what I mean. So so like you know, it's just it's just become a norm in South Africa that kind of thing, man. And um, it's nice. I'm I'm happy to be where I am and this journey that I'm on to change it. Mm-hmm. And I can see it's changing, and it's, it's I can see the next generation of surfers are they're highly skilled, but they also have like managed. You know, they they, they become their own managers and right. their own coaches. And they've taken they've taken on this learn to surf um, programs and then creating their own businesses within the surfing industry quite seriously and it's beautiful to see because it used to be just white orientated mm. but now it's it's of all colors and of all cultures and you know you're gonna have all different cultures of of of, of surf groups coming out of the development aspect of it and. Hopefully in the future when they have events like the Masters events that I went to and the junior events and then you'll also have the open uh, events because it, it's, it's obviously they need to divide it because it's, it's big numbers mm. and, and maybe sponsors look for different aspects of, 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 of their sponsorship within the different age groups. But it'll be beautiful to have an amalgamation of the whole sport, you know what I mean, together. At, an, at events to, to show the number yeah. of people participating in the ocean, you know. And um, I think also the schools, I'd like to start a school program um, because there isn't, there isn't a good Not swimming and surfing mm. program, you know, in South Africa, especially schools along the coast. Yeah. Um, because then they can also get, get involved in the cleanup operations, you know what I mean? And... Um, Yeah, that's a passion for me now because from the competition aspect to coaching and then now that I've been coaching for almost 20 years, I've also realized that I need to start cleaning up the ocean a bit more. It's almost like the three C's in terms of competition, coaching, cleanup. But what it does is it also paints this full picture of your vast experience in terms of the surfing, but your involvement with what's going on in terms of ocean economy, ocean communities, even if you don't give these things those names, yeah. um, where we're 
you know, as the Branson Centre, are very curious to understand what is going on in the ocean economy. We're very curious to understand what kind of innovation can exist mm. through entrepreneurs in terms of, you know, either repairing the ocean, sustaining the ocean, and making sure that we live well with the ocean. And so I'm, I'm curious to find out, because you've painted a picture, maybe perhaps in terms of what's been going on in your world, in terms of the surfing community, what's going on with the, the competitions over the years. Are you able to paint a picture of what you've seen in terms of changes, whether they're good or bad, um, in relation to the ocean itself, seeing that you've been so close to the ocean for a few decades yeah. now? Um, if you had asked me this question like five years ago, I always had a, a, a kind of from experience. You know, I think uh, being in the ocean my whole life, you need to weigh it up on experience mm. and then being there like I've been in the ocean. So I've never seen that. And I often thought when I heard about it being brought up into mainframe uh, uh, media, and basically the philosophy that, you know, the ocean's getting destroyed uh, like fast and that pollution is evident, you know, like it's happening in front of our faces. And it's it's within the media and within the people that, that, that it's, 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 that, that attention's been brought um, because the beaches I surf and the beaches I go to, it's always been like that, you know. You have you have what you call this brown water on, on Musenberg Beach. Um, like some people call it red tide. Other people call it pollution. Mm -hmm. Different newspapers call it different things, you know. But through all of it, I'm coaching in it, I'm surfing in it. Um, it's always been there. When we couldn't surf at Musenberg Beach, we had to be surfed at a beach called Cemetery, which was the, the, the beach next to, to Musenberg mm. Beach. And there, that red tide and that kind of brown water is much more, it, it's more um, consistently there than when it comes down into Musenberg Corner. Um, and I remember one day I coached in it and everybody couldn't because it was just too thick and brown. It looked almost like the, the sewage system mm. just burst right here. And like the whole of Cape Town sewage was there, the color and the texture. Right. But it wasn't, it had nothing to do with E. coli or sewage or anything. Because I've done, I mean, I know what it is. Mm. You know? And then I had to coach in it because my student was leaving the next day. And here we were, the two of us. And I kept saying to him, don't swallow. <laughs> don't swallow any water. Like, please, whatever you do, because I've never seen it so bad. And... Um, I was coaching and I ended up swallowing some of the water. And he also swallowed some of the water and it was a really bad day. Right. And um, there was no, you know, so what I'm trying to say is that was five years ago. Now I see a lot of plastic pollution mm -hmm. and a lot of cigarette butts in Musenberg Corner and I have never seen that. So, and it's bad. And now when I go to other beaches, I'm more conscious of while I'm walking down to the beach or when I'm coming up, just to like actually to see now if it's at these beaches too. Mm. And it's there, it's you there. know, it's there. It's like it's creeping right onto the beach kind of thing. And on, 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 on the festive season days, the big days at Musenberg, the dirt bins just overflow like for three days. Mm. And then, and, and, I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got dirt to throw away and the dirt bins overflowing, the only place you can put it is just on the overflowing dirt bin mm. kind of thing. So... Uh, you know, education, man, you know, um, kind of thing, uh, program as surfers and as beach lovers and that we we can create 
like you were speaking earlier of, of you know of creating entrepreneurs creating new mm. new uh, ideas and new things that will help to keep the beach clean i think surfers young surfers would, would that would be like they'd go to bed like thinking about the dirt yeah. that they just saw and wake up with a plan you know what i mean and, yeah. and the inspiration yeah. of the ocean and riding those waves and getting those battles and things like that it inspires a person's soul you know Absolutely. so it's not just you know um a sport you know what i mean that's why it was known as a sport of kings mm. when they say surfing came out of hawaii and that only the the kings were allowed to surf it's more like um surfing was an african you know because the whole world was africa mm. before hawaii was hawaii the whole world was africa and then the earth was split and divided and so african people went everywhere and, yeah we went everywhere so we all african yeah you know the whole world is africa so um when they say oh why and they speak of that that noble kind of spirit and that aloha spirit i related to africa and the aloha-ness of africa and that all people have it it's mm. got nothing to do with color or with hair texture um the way you speak or your religion you know what i mean it's just about the people of the earth we all exist and the oceans all around us and we also water we you know we we 90 we 90% water yes. and we come know? from water and we yeah. need water you know we born in water you know mm. so water is a very big part of our life and then and the ocean obviously is that part that's the water that we need to take care of you know what i mean and um whether you live on the coast or whether you live inland you never seen the coast um your pollution ends up in the ocean yeah you know no matter which way the wind blows your sewer, your sewage ends up in the ocean you know so you are part of the ocean you know and i think um surfing has an amazing ability with the imagery that it has of capturing those waves and and us as surfers and especially now since since women surfing is taking off and um the numbers have increased like and and the performance and the level of of surfing by the women it's it's increased so much that you could actually women and men could compete in the near future oh. i think there's not going to be a woman organization and a men it's going to be one organization surfers. yeah <clears throat> and um it's beautiful to see you know what i mean because also the feminine aspect of 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 women you know it's needed within the sport so um now to see the development aspect and to see all those surfers of color and all those warriors you know and and fit bodies men and women to also step out of the shadow yeah of 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 needing more development funds to get to the next event or needing a surfboard from one of the guys or needing a broken wetsuit to to get through to the no we need to set our goals higher we need to know that if you've made a team or if you represent your province and um you know that you you you've attained a, a certain level and you're enabled yeah you, you know, know what i mean and you weren't supposed to even yeah. attain that level yeah. so that should be motivation enough for you to go to your sponsor your supporters your investor your parents whoever and 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 to you know make sure that your equipment and that you put taking your level up yep. you know what i mean and 
Um, it's beautiful to see in South Africa, like Benny McCarthy, you know, he's, yes. he's, he's coming from a Nova Park. He's got a, a heavy history and a heavy story. You know, he's, he's the only soccer player with the Champions League, but still he wasn't given the, 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 the credit and that as a player. And then when he came over as a coach, he was very good because he showed his quality at Cape Town City, at, at um, Amazulu, and then he still wasn't given the credit, you know. So now he's, he's probably going to take over the coaching at Manchester United Absolutely. because you can see the, the energy that the players are emitting, you know, saying that he's, he's working with them. And so it, it kind of, again, you know, Benny is a big inspiration because when I was competing and he won the Champions League medal with Porto, it was very inspiring for me as a as a surfer from Grassy Park, thinking nah, I'm gonna, I'm, I can't do this. Mm. You know what I mean? So, athletes, and imagine how many people have then also been inspired by you when you would have then been in Todos Santos in Mexico, winning that big wave championship. And and I think sorry to cut you off there, but I, I think what is so interesting as you talk about this as well is this is the relationship that the Branson Center exists to have with entrepreneurs where we're not here to give you a broken wetsuit or a used surfboard, but rather it's to enable the entrepreneurs to access, you know, networks, market opportunities, finance, so that they can be enabled to go on to be the big wave champions or to go on and be the future coach of Manchester United in your business. And so, you know, we're talking about this collective energy that's needed to make sure that everybody is enabled. And so I'm wondering... At this point, can you give us an example of how you were that surfer with a plan who exists to enable other people to be a little bit better, particularly in their relationship with the ocean? Again, um, you know, my dad, Ahmed Collier, he played a big part in my um, my, my life, um, but his, 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 um, his love for the ocean, I think, was his main inspiration. And to see kids of all, um, you know, of all different backgrounds and all different uh, shapes and sizes, like competing in the ocean and just loving, just having a chance to to, to enjoy themselves in the ocean. So um, we started the the Lotus River Swimming Club. So swimming was my foundation, you know. And then obviously my dad insisted that I finish matric because, you know, I just wanted to compete. And, you know, when you're a young athlete, you just, you think... No, wait, I don't need to start like tomorrow with my competition. But then he insisted I've matriculate. So obviously, like, you know, getting an education, you know, is very important because, um, yeah, you know, when I competed, I realized like how important an education is because the practicality of competition and then the, the theory of, of school fits in it, you know, you realize mm-hmm. it fits like a glove. So, um, but then I needed to travel because South Africa was in apartheid state at the, at the time so I couldn't compete locally because I was uh, I belonged to SACOS which was the South African Council of Sport and it was a black organization and um, we had a policy and a philosophy that we couldn't uh, you know we couldn't have like a normal sport in an abnormal society mm-hmm. um, in a sense like group areas act we couldn't live where we wanted to live and we couldn't we tried to buy a house in Komaki, Komaki, my dad and our family, but we weren't, we couldn't. Um, and so I left South Africa in 1989 and I traveled a bit around the world following a tour and gaining experience. Obviously, it was a bit um, like, 
you know, I wasn't doing well because I didn't have the experience and the right equipment and things like that. So also, like, don't give up, mm. you know, never give up on your dreams. It's very important. Um, traveling alone and competing, it's not as nice as you think as an athlete. And no matter you're going to be a soccer player or a rugby player or a swimmer, you're going to have to go and travel and go through the airports and all the checkpoints and all the security systems in place and put up with a lot, you know, and to be able to do that and come out, come out on the other side and still have that energy to compete, it takes a lot. Mm. So, um, you know, that kind of mental preparation and that never give up spirit, Again, growing up in the apartheid South Africa, it, 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 it molded me to become a tough person. And um, I was very fair-skinned where I grew up in Grassy Park, uh, Clip Road. And then we had, like, behind me and in front of me, there was flats. And it was quite a heavy, like, it's to, up to today, it's, it's gangster-ridden. And it's, it's, it's you know, the, just the social ills mm. haven't been corrected. So obviously, like my my vision and dream as an athlete and, and maturing in my life is to to affect that, you know, to have kind of some kind of impact on that mm. as a as a as an older athlete and a person within the community, um, just to be able to change that. I think it's everybody's dream in South Africa. You know, I see a lot of violence and a lot of um, crime that's like kind of spiraling out of control in South Africa. And it's because our kids don't have any outlet of any mm. kind. And then sport and soccer and rugby can only go so far, yeah. you know. So while we, we're surrounded by ocean, um, if our kids are not swimming in the ocean and, and being able to go out into the ocean and enjoy it and the, the ladies don't feel free and safe just to go to the ocean and go enjoy themselves and be able to travel home safely, which is kind of like the surfing culture or mm. any sport, the culture is, is is for men and women to participate and children. So for me, that's also like where I am in my, like as, as, as going to be 51 years old and I have my family and I love to take them to the beach and they always, I always feel safe for them and I always feel safe in South Africa and I've never been in a situation where uh, my family's lives been in jeopardy or, you know, and I wouldn't want to be there, and I don't want to go there, you know. So um, I don't think I should wait for that kind of thing to happen before we, like, collectively come together sure. like we are doing now, you know. Um, you know, as far as the Cascalia Surfing Academy and my foundation is concerned, it's going to be stemming from Lotus River. And when I was, when, when you guys made contact with, 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 with myself and, and my foundation, it was obviously good news because, you know, collective security. But on the same breath, because our foundation is small and we've just come into existence, we need as much support as we can. So immediately I, I, I put that out to your foundation to say, listen, I'm a foundation that's going to be starting and um, I need support, you know. So, um, you know, Wesley came across to me and he put everything on the table and, and, and for me I thought, wow, this is this is a nice project that I'd like to be involved in. And um the support can come at a later stage, you know? So like you say, it's about networking and it's about preparing the the, the, the entrepreneur and the athlete to be able to handle that that decision that he needs to make. You know? Yeah. Because I I I just returned from the SHMs and I lost in the quarterfinals because I made a wrong decision, you know? It wasn't the waves mm. or the other surfers or I made a wrong decision and 
um, when I once I, when I made the decision and I took a wave that I shouldn't have taken, and then I, when I was done with the wave, there was still a bit of time left to correct it, you know. But the time ran out, mm. and um, I came in, realized my mistake I made, and you know I had to I had to put it to bed kind of thing and get on with the event and supporting my other guys and and the Western Province surfer that knocked me out in in my heat. Um, but could have been easy for me to be, you know, to 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 take the upset yeah. kind of thing and the arrogant approach, and um, you know what I mean. And I think also surfers need to realize that because we're so spoiled in the ocean, you know, and um, we've been given the opportunity to learn how to swim, and our parents have passed on some something to us about the ocean. It's actually a privilege, you mm. know what I mean. Not there's not a lot of people that have that passed on to them and um, for you to drop your kids at the ocean and just go on with your work and come pick them up later um, it's, it's, it's hard for some parents to believe that you'll do that you know that's almost like you, it's very dangerous you shouldn't do that so to be able to go out into the ocean into this vast ocean as a child you know because I mean I've done it from like a baby um, and to go out into the ocean and come back again safely or without any doubt in your mind mm. you know what i mean um also you're dealing with the ocean and there's a lot going on under the ocean you know when i teach surfing at musenberg um now i have a family so they come for a lesson and it's 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 the daughter the son the mom the dad so it's a full spectrum mm. of, of of people and then they go they, they ask their questions and you know there's a lot of questions about some will have a phobia others are worried about the wipeout some are worried about getting hurt. Um, so when I asked him, is there nothing else that you'd like to know about the ocean? Like very rarely do any people talk about sharks in the right. ocean. Because obviously <laughs> when you talk about sharks, you kind of maybe the younger kid's going to start to panic and say he's not going to go out because he gets scared. But um, I coach, I've been coaching for a while now, and I think it's important, you know, that we address all issues of the ocean. Yeah. Because as a coach, I'm taking you out into the ocean, but I'm not responsible for you in the ocean because, you know what I mean, um, it's the ocean, you know. <laughs> so I, I always have to tell all my clients and um, remind them, like at Musenberg Beach, we have shark spotters, and it's like the headquarters of the shark spotters. Um, so it's, 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 in theory, the safest place to, to, to teach and to go surf. Um, and there's also a great community of surfers out in the ocean that's looking, everybody's checking out for the next person, everybody's on the lookout, you know. You're never out in the ocean just like relaxing. You might mm. be laying back on your on your board and, and getting a moment to getting your energy back or staring up in the sky. But as soon as you sit up again and you're back into your surfing mode, you on full. You're connected. Yeah, you're connected to the ocean and you're picking up vibrations. And, um, you know, in my career also of surfing, I've, 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 um, you know, I've had friends that have lost lives in the ocean, you know, and I've had friends that have lost limbs in the ocean. So obviously, like, it's 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 something that people need to realize that when you go into the ocean, it's like they're dropping, they're dropping in the Amazon rainforest mm. now, you know what I mean? And you might only come out in a week's time, and in the condition that you're going to come out, that's the choice you make. But in overcoming those fears of the ocean, it's, 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 it's like as I coach people and uh, maybe uh, the one 
kid will come and the other kid will say, no, he has a phobia, he can't, he will never. But then as he sees his brother or sister in the ocean, and obviously the communication that they have at home, and, and then he comes and he also learns and he overcomes that phobia, I think later on in life when the parents contact me, it changes his whole life. Very, yeah. You know what I mean? And certain other phobias that he had, that they thought that oh, it's going to really be terrible to, to live his whole life like this. When you overcome the ocean, you, have, you overcome all of those other things also. Mm. And also the, 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 the cleanliness, the spiritual cleanliness of the ocean. There's a reason why spiritual people go into the ocean to baptize themselves mm. and all different things. And as surfers, there's no better feeling than that first wipeout, you know, where, you know, we maybe we fall off the board or whatever and we're just thrown into the ocean. And then we come up realizing that that was the fear, that all the time that wipeout was the fear. Mm. And now we surface from the wipeout. So there's a whole new energy, right. you know what I mean? So it's almost like throwing that stale negative energy yeah. just there and then a new person comes out of the of that, you know, into the ocean, grabs the board and goes back mm. again for that challenge, you know? I mean, what I, I keep smiling about is how similar what you're describing is to the entrepreneur's journey, right? Which exactly. is got to get your board get onto your board get exactly. out there take a moment wipe out get up again exactly. but take the lessons for what they are and keep catching those waves exactly. right and so my last question to you Cass is if you could go back to the first time Cass got onto a board what would you tell little Cass today as a master surfing master <laughs> I would just say like just just keep doing what you're doing, you know, and just be yourself. And, and that that was my, you know, when I, the first wave that I stood on, um, it was at Long Beach in Komaki, and it was this big foam wave that was coming towards me. And I was laying on a styrofoam board, one of these boards you buy at the, you could buy it at the supermarket. Mm. And I was laying on the board, and the, 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 the reason why I was on that board was because I just laid down. It was like a boogie board for me. But it was actually a surfboard. And then this wave approached. And in order for me not to be hit by the wave, I turned and I caught the wave. The wave caught me. Right. And at that moment, as it boosted me forward, I immediately jumped up into the surfing position because as a kid, when you move around with surfers, you, you dream about it. You just look at it and you think, oh, I'm going to do that one day. You know? So I was about five years old, mm -hmm. I think. And then... In riding that powerful wave, I think that's also where I got the, 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 the love for bigger waves, you know. I think the moment you do things in your life, positive things, whether it's a small step, especially if it's a small step, going towards bigger steps, mm. then I think it's a, it's a very sweet step. You know, you will always recall it like um, in the future, that little step that you took, you know, that little positive step. It, it, it multiplies and multiplies, you know. So, um, yeah, that moment of catching that wave at Long Beach, it's kind of like my whole life's journey in that one wave. Right. Like now that you say that, you know, as a master looking down at, at the student um, taking off, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't say anything. Thank you so much, Cass, and thank you for sharing all of your wisdom, all of these stories, and I hope one day you'll teach me to surf too. Yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm at Musenberg Beach. I'm waiting. See you then. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Pleasure.
Are all phones on silent? My phone's off, yeah. I think mine's on silent. Will you? Can I? Oh, wait, I can. Hold on, I can actually control it from my. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Apple Pay. Really? Okay. Okay. Feels like you're not spending real money if you're just doing this yeah. there by the till. It's until great. Until you check your. Don't even look. You just keep going until somebody says, "Sit the client," hey, and you're like, like, "Oh no!" And you're like, "It over. must be this watch." Uh, <laughs> then you go. <laughs>